All right, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Rocky and Rail Show. We're back to talk about the NBA draft. Uh, Pelicans made their number eight pick with Dyson Daniels. Uh, pick number 41, we got EJ Liddell. We're going to talk about both of those guys today. Uh, but we got Lauren back with us and Charles. Good morning to y'all. Good evening, good night, all of that good stuff. <laughs> How's everybody feeling today? <laughs> what's up, y'all? How y'all doing? I'm feeling good. Pels hit a home run in the draft. <laughs> uh, summer league about to jump off uh it's, it's a good time to be a Pels fan no complaints no complaints I, I tell you what um in that group that we in Charles I I, I seen uh you and Falaron had got really excited when we had picked up uh Liddell and Mats Matskovich I hope I'm not jacking his name up Makovich Makovich uh. um and and I was trying shit. I started googling because I was like, they're happy as hell. Let me go see who <laughs> this cat is. And um, I sh- I looked at that film on Makovich, and mm-hmm. man, um, he's gonna be a a, a a good threat. Um, you know, he's gonna get that year in over there overseas, maybe two. Yeah. Um, maybe a little Didi Lozado ish. Um, you know, with the Pelicans, <laughs> but um, he do he do look like he got some good talent, man. And that, that, that yeah. workout was nice. Yeah, I mean, look, it's kind of like when you're doing laundry and you find a, a five dollar bill and some pants that you wore two weeks ago. Like, that's the kind of excitement that I was, you know, showing in in, in the in the group chat. You know, there's tempering expectations, right? He's not gonna come in and take anybody's spot. But when you're looking at a team, you want to maximize resources. Um, the ability to get a guy who legitimately considered pulling out of the draft so that he could come back next year mm-hmm. because the buzz that he created, um, like it's just maximizing resources and winning on the margins that made me super excited in that moment. But before anybody hop in my DMs and start <laughs> atting me, man, he ain't going to do nothing. Like, like it's all about perspective. Like, so that's, that was the root of my, ex, you know, my excitement. And I'm sure for Lauren can, elaborate as well on what made her just feel really comfortable with everything that happened on draft day for the Pels. Yeah, Charles, it, it, I agree. Uh, it, it goes back to kind of the, the thing that, that we always say when, you know, when you talk about uh, home run, right? Like everybody, uh, I guess, definition of a, of a home run may be, but again, like when, when, you know, Particularly starting with EJ Liddell, when when you get a guy who, for the most part, through all experts, got a first round grade, um, a guy that was expected to, you know, maybe go as high as 18 uh, to Chicago, which I really thought that was probably his best fit. And he happens to fall 41 like that to me is a home run, right? And like you said, with, with the idea of tempering expectations, right? Because, you know, it's one of them things where when you look at, you know, second round picks, like more of those guys hadn't pan out or, or don't pan out more than those that do. Mm-hmm. But 
when when you kind of just look at like what we were able to grab in a upperclassman like her and mm-hmm. knowing that you know what I mean with him even being an upperclassman and even being what he like 23 or 24 but still like there's some upside and there's a little bit of untapped potential there to to really make him a guy that's not only part of the core but a big part of you know what I mean the core and a high level role player like there's reasons to believe that with opportunity, the same thing could be done with uh, EJ Liddell. You know what I mean? As mm-hmm. for Paulo, you look at a guy like his combine was like it, 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 it left a lot of like, OK, well, he's you know what I mean? He's nice. And at the very least, like you said, he isn't a guy that is going to come here next year and you know that might unseat Larry Nance if he here another year or or anything like that but um you know a 611 almost seven foot kind of bouncy um you know big man that has some ability to stretch the floor um a guy Absolutely. that looks like he can can be um a, a you know maybe a, a nice pick and roll partner um mm-hmm. you know DJ alongside Zion Williamson. Like those are the kind of things like, and again, you're seeing from last year to this year, kind of the theme. And I think that's what's going to take us along Mm -hmm. with kind of picking guys that fit a certain paradigm, fit a theme. So like Charles said, like it, you know what I mean? It's it's just a really good time to to be a fan. For sure. I was was watching some some footage on EJ yesterday, and I really like that he keeps his hands ready. He keeps his feet mm-hmm. moving too, but he keeps his hands ready. So, like, if they're going to pass him the ball, it's not going to be no Butterfinger situation, right? It's not going to be right. no passing it to Shrek Diallo in a, in a ball, <laughs> bouncing off his sweaty hands. Like, this, Yeah, man, his hands stay ready, and he's also very strong. He don't have no yes. issues, you know, uh, finishing through contact. And so yes. just watching him, I was like, wow, it is kind of crazy that he, um, you know, he slipped. And you can tell, you know, when they interviewed him, wherever he was at for his personal draft party, he was upset about, you know, slipping into that, that second mm-hmm. round. Because, I mean, if you get picked in the first round, right, it's, it's, more, it's guaranteed, more money, right? More money, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you can tell he was upset, but now, you know, we got this dude coming in who appears to me to be a hard worker. And now he also has a chip on his shoulder because it's like, there all right, go. y'all didn't believe Love what I had I going it. on. I'm about to show y'all ass. <laughs> so I love it. I, I, I love, love it. I love what I see in him, and I can tell he he probably, he got that dog in him. <laughs> and and you know what? I was watching some of that film too, uh, Rel, and I seen this guy is really aggressive, and he likes to attack too. And and that's uh, good because when you have somebody who can um, penetrate the 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 um, the the defense and, yeah. and get it into that lane and kick it back out. That's a lot because we talk about that with Zion being able to get in that paint and dominate. Mm-hmm. And if you have somebody who can also do that, then you have multiple levels of threat going downhill. Right. And mm-hmm. that's hard to contain when you, especially when you can kick it back out to a trade, to a CJ, to a BI, you know. Sure. So so I, I was looking at all of that. And I'm going to tell y'all no lie. I am so impressed with the draft that we had. Coming into it, we was all talking. Yeah, we don't know shit about them players that that's, that's coming coming into this league. 
It's well, when don't. you look at the guy, okay. Well, well, I know something about the ones that we got because exactly. I sure as hell caught, caught the film on them. But That's you know, you're looking at them and you're saying, "Damn, Griffin and Company, Trajan, and 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 shout out Bryce. to all of the people who Graham. put in." I'll say that again. Bryce and Graham. I yeah, think. Yeah. shout out out. to all them people who put in that hard yeah. work mm-hmm. because they got. A hell of a draft, and I was looking online and shit. ESPN and most of the people have rated our draft as an eight, and you know we don't get that often. So yeah. you know it's 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 you know, and when Stephen A can hate on your pick, <laughs> you know you're picking the right person. So, right. <laughs> so uh, shout out to the hate. Let's keep the hate going. You know it's it's motivational for our team. So um, mm-hmm. man, I'm, I'm I'm really excited about you know. Um, the Dyson Daniels pick, uh, you know, and and uh, I want to say there was one person in this whole draft series that picked Dyson Daniels. No way. I, yes, he picked that. <laughs> he picked Dyson Daniels on the very first episode. So before okay. we exit out today, I'm going to announce the winner of that um, thing, and hopefully, you know, he's still tuning in, and we can catch up with him. And right. he won that autographed uh, bi um photo, and man. And I if he don't tune get... in, he ain't getting it. Shit. Okay. <laughs> but look, I thought I was going to get to keep that one. Man, you know, so shout out to him and we'll announce that winner later on in the episode. But I mean, how y'all feeling about Dyson Daniels, man? Man. For Lauren, I'm going to let you take that first. I'm, I'm, I feel pretty, I feel pretty good about it. See, every, every year I, I kind of settled on a guy and I'll say this while I'm happy, like y'all know that he wasn't like the guy for me. Right. I've been Mm -hmm. consistently the biggest, you know, Matherin person. Um, But Dyson Daniels has always been kind of my one beat, like right there. Um, so much so that um, when Jake Madison reached out to me to take part in the, um, the the Pelicans local community mock draft that he did a while ago, I don't know if y'all had mm-hmm. an opportunity, um, you know, to check that out, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I, I had the, the opportunity to select for the Pelicans. I select Dyson Daniels, right? Okay. Like, despite, despite my love for, for Matherin, um, I, I picked him and in reasons being I picked him for the same exact reasons that the Pelicans picked him. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a guy that, you know, just just currently who he is, um, you know, th- this isn't <coughs> a, a guy that is is in any way, shape, form or fashion, some offensive threat. Right. He, he's not a guy that that you should expect to to explode for, you know, 20 points, 25 points or anything like that. Um, you know, because his game is, is, is passive, but, but in a good way and mostly to get, um, his teammates involved and he, 
he defers, right? And that's the situation that he's walking into on the team, whatever's a Zion Williams, a Brandon Ingram, a CJ McCullough, even a Jonas, a Jonas Valanciunas, who's another guy that you can run the offense through, you know what I mean? And just play through down low on the post and on the block, mm-hmm. right? But but there's still some potential. And for the longest in my analysis, you know, the, the one guy that I have linked him to um, is Alonzo Ball. But the thing that I've consistently said is, Alonzo Ball with a floater, Alonzo Ball with a willingness, <laughs> um, you know, attack, Alonzo Ball with the with the you know with just a little bit of wiggle and bounce to his game, um, you know what I mean to to keep kind of defenses um on their heels because you you know you don't know like there's little fume on, you know, seeing him um, you know, in in the mid range or off the dribble or, or, or different things like that. Mm-hmm. But but also seen some film where I've seen him take a little mid-range. I, I've, I've seen him do a little turnaround and, and, and knock that shot down. So that's why I'm, I'm quite uh, confident that, you know, with space and opportunity that, that he can develop into a guy that, again, that we don't expect to, you know, to average 20 or 25 or anything like that, but to be able to knock down timely shots when, you know what I mean, he has mm-hmm. the ball in his hands. But, but more than that, it's the intangibles. It's the other things that he's capable of doing. You're talking about a 6'7 guy with like a 6'10", 6'11", uh, wingspan, um, you know, solid body frame still needs, you know, some weight on his body, obviously, and that's gonna come over the years. But but just the IQ, the understanding, the touch, uh, you know, the feel, all of those things, like it, it can't be, um, it, it can't be undermined for a team that that already basically has its big three, big four, um, mm-hmm. figured out in the exact kind of players that you need. Um, you know, around him, guys that are defense first, guys that 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 doesn't have to be on the floor and have to hit uh four threes a game, guys that don't have to score uh 18, 20, 25 a game to make a kind of that kind of um impact or or, or for us to feel like he had a good game. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about those kind of guys, like Dyson is very much so. Um, that kind of guy. So again, I, I I picked him in a mock draft for the same reason that that the Pelicans. Um, you know, and and I'll, I'll even say that it's not because he's more of a fit than Matherin, mm-hmm. but but there's some things that I think um, that 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 he he does or or some uh, aspects of his game that I think is gonna uh, gel really well or have. Um, a slightly better impact more for the three guys that he's going to be playing alongside than maybe some of the other guys that that they could have taken. All right. And uh, Charles, what about you? What what you think about that pick? How you feeling? Oh, you still on mute. Still on mute, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my bad. My bad. Um, A lot of the same things that Florin pointed out. Um, I think one thing I'll say, so, uh, in Chris Connor's spaces, um, you know, going over the draft, I think Cheddar asked, uh, Chetta Chaz asked, do you see Dyson Daniels as being like 
the third best player on a championship team, right? And I thought it was a, a really great question because, you know, I think the answer is, yes, I do think he could be the third best player on the championship team, but because of his skill set, it doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. right? If you go and you look at, look at the final four teams that play in the NBA uh, playoffs, right? So I'll give you one guy off each team that I think Dyson has a chance to replicate what they do. And if you look at each guy in their own hierarchy, mm-hmm. right? Marcus Spark is probably the third best player mm-hmm. on the Boston Celtics, right? Mm-hmm. I absolutely see a world where if, if Dyson can get to, let's say 35, 36% shooting from the three, right? Mm-hmm. He could he could play that kind of role for us. Um, I'll throw out another name, Andrew Wiggins. Here's a guy who did so many different little things mm-hmm. for the Warriors when it came right. to rebounding his position, mm-hmm. defending his position. Um, you know, he scored when he needed to, but that's something that kind of developed for him over time, mm-hmm. being able to impact that. Um, another guy, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith right Mm -hmm. he developed a shot but again intangibles defense he's a guy that takes something off the plate of his star player so that he doesn't have to do it Luca's not going to get down (laughs) and lock down the other team's best wing that's why you have Dorian Finney-Smith right Mm -hmm. so I love having Dyson Daniels next to Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson for that very reason I'll throw out one more name PJ Tucker uh Miami another wing-ish player that takes the burden off of Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero from having to do certain things. Now, all those guys I mentioned are have various roles within their team structure, from Marcus Smart and Andrew Wiggins mm-hmm. to P.J. Tucker and Dorian Finney-Smith, you know. So his skill set is one where it's scalable, right? He can scale up it, depending on how he develops and the things that he adds to his game, or if he just hones what he's doing right now and just becomes a star in his role um, and just develops on a normal progression where there's not a ton of things that he adds, he can still come in as a sixth, seventh man with that skill set and be extremely impactful. So I was proud of the Pelicans for identifying what, they want this the vision is clear you know mm-hmm. um all we need is some lemon pepper man because it's <laughs> it's it's wing stop baby like that's what they want man somebody tweeted out if you're decently athletic and six six to six nine the pell's gonna be in your dms hey, yeah you chris up. said that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, that was chris and, yeah yeah and, and and that's true because when you look at the the size um you know that we've progressed to remember we do really short guys, you know, um, in, in teams past, but now shit, I think damn near everybody almost, uh, six, two, six, three, you know, um, <laughs> which is, which is phenomenal to be honest. Though. I think the whole thing probably the only one that ain't six something, um, in Kyra, but, um, it's, it's, it's I great to is. see. <laughs> you think, you think they six? Yeah. Uh, let me see. Jose. Oh, I- Kyra, Kyra six feet. Yeah, he he bigger than Devontae. Jose six foot even. Oh come on, man! Some of them numbers. Tippy toes. Got, okay, some of them numbers gotta be. Standing they said the Devontae six one. I don't know. <laughs> on the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm. 
Yeah, we're gonna let them. We're gonna let them slide with them numbers. But some of them numbers, you know, I I remember a while back the league was talking about identifying players and making sure they had the right uh, height and mm-hmm. size uh, yeah. to them. So I mean, um, whatever whatever height they said Trey was, he was not. <laughs> no, about, but know? the thing is though, um, talking with Trey's um, uh, mother, Miss um, Albita uh, Murphy, um, she said that Trey was having growth spurts still. So, yeah. so I mean, Trey's, yeah, Trey's what 22, yeah. just made 22. Yeah. So, so I mean, the kid, you know, I mean, they say kids grow until 21, but sometimes, you know, that could be maybe at 21, maybe it'll be from 21 <laughs> to 22, right? Because um, clearly he was growing some more for sure. Not, not that long after she told us that. Uh, mm-hmm. that's when he had like tweeted something about he measured at six nine or something like that. And I was like, I still I think you lying, Trey, because you talking okay. to that. You talking to that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know and what I thought. Standing, standing next to Dyson at the um um at the uh, uh draft. Oh, mm-hmm. Man, I was mm-hmm. like, yo, them numbers need to be fixed because man, <laughs> I, yo, he looked like he didn't picked up two, maybe two more inches since the, right. the season and it's, um ended. his hair doesn't help either though, because it's true his, his fro has got some height on it. But yeah, still mm-hmm. Trey taller than that. But um, but anyhow, no, man. I, I was looking at a lot of Dyson Daniels footage yesterday, a lot of EJ Liddell footage. I haven't gotten to the guy to be picked in the um in the 50s, but um I with Dyson, I'm not so concerned about like his shooting. Um, I think that I saw that he was like somewhere like around 25% from three point. His his form is amazing. It looks very fundamental. It looks very like proper. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm sure that whatever is going on with him like actually making the shots or not, I'm sure that that'll be mm-hmm. capable dealing with Fred Vincent. Um, personally, I know that we need more shooting, but I feel like the bigger priority personally is just defense and he's out there willing to defend and so right if we're getting him and we don't need him to be like this massive score that's mm-hmm. that's perfectly fine i mean obviously you know if he's coming off the bench somebody's got to bring some points off the bench but also look at who else we have coming off the bench right we got Trey mm-hmm. coming, we got you know larry coming if, he, if he's still here um and jose you know so some somebody gonna be coming off the bench giving points and also, I feel like the way our rotations work, we never, like, we hardly ever have a full bench unit in, right? Like, we always got one yeah. starter in the mix. So I'm just, I'm just not all that concerned about it. And I feel like um, another thing that, that I want to touch on really quickly, I was just tweeting about this a little while ago. A lot of people just keep asking, like, we need a point guard. We need a point guard. And it's just like, we don't, <laughs> like, CJ is going to play the point and, and even then, we were only calling him a point guard just for the sake of putting people in boxes and putting boxes. People in mm-hmm. Like, he's going to be bringing the ball up the court more often than not. And if it's not going to be him, it will be B.I. And if it's not B.I., guess what? Here comes point Zion. So it's okay. like, mm-hmm. we don't need some, like, point guard or point god. They, there ain't none out there to get. So it's like... <laughs> I saw, I saw a exactly. talking about getting Kimbo. We don't need or want Kimbo no. Walker on this at team. All. At so, all. Not at all. Like, I, I don't understand no. what people are just so focused on, you know, we need a playmaking point guard. We need a playmaking point guard. CJ is making plays. B.I. is making plays. Zion making plays. Exactly. Guess what? Uh-huh. Herbert Keyshawn Jones is making plays, too. So, okay. what are we even... I mean, look, I've seen... I seen Jonas drop a couple of nice dimes, you know, and I'm in a and I'm in the audience yelling, "Big guard, big guard!" <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like we just people people get a little bit of you know 
tunnel vision or whatever mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. But it's just like we we are good where we're at, and people have like I feel like people have quickly forgotten what they just witnessed, and they're in such a hurry to change the team. Like bring in the rookies. Mm-hmm. We'll figure out the rest later, but like you don't need so much change and so much turnover because we've done that and that didn't work. So let's right. stick with what we got going. We got the same coach coming back. Finally. Mm-hmm. So Finally. <laughs> relax. <laughs> Look, you know I'll, what I I'll think? Say, I'll I think say it, you know, Um, you know, I, I think people have to keep in mind um the Willie Green aspect. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I and I say that because right, first he was on Kerr's team, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean, came through through that system in which that's a system that 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 operates purely off of ball movement, right? And and I said this in a group chat uh you know just yesterday that the the playmaking facilitating duties aren't exclusive to just Steph because he's the point guard, mm-hmm. right? It, it's their their system is based off of off of movement, and then he was previously in Phoenix, right, where they got Chris Paul, and Chris Paul was the guy. Yeah, so you you can tell that Willie Green is trying to find kind of a medium in between both of those where it, it's almost like he's he's preaching like it's this constant preach of not just moving the ball, but y'all have to move as well. You know what I mean? And and I think what I what I witnessed, part of what I witnessed um this past season is just that the Pelicans are at their best when they are moving the ball, when the ball is skipping and hopping and mm-hmm. not, you know, one individual uh looking at looking at BI, you know, try to try to create space and, and to make something out of nothing. Or, you know what I mean? Guys not looking at at, at CJ dance with the ball and go ISO and things of that nature. But mm-hmm. I also think that that's where. Um, a, a full off season is going to help um, CJ in that regard in terms of, because listen, people aren't wrong for looking at this team and saying, well, Pelicans need a point guard because you really don't have one. The literally closest thing that we have to a true to traditional point guard is Jose. Maybe you can say Kyra, but I wouldn't even say Dyson Daniels at this point, who to me is more of a combo guard at this at this point, combo guard kind of wingish because of his incredible size. Mm-hmm. So people aren't wrong in saying that, but I think what they have to understand is the system that Willie Green wants to employ in the guys that he have on his team where you have CJ, BI, and Zion who are all capable and willing passers, right? But you also have, like you said, Herb, who I don't know how many people have really, really seen him play at Alabama, mm-hmm. but the guy can pass. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? The more than capable 
of, 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 you know what I mean? Taking a little bit of pressure off of, you know what I mean? Whichever one of those guys he's on the floor with by, by just making the right reads, making the simple passes, right? Jose as well. Then you bring in a guy like Dyson Daniels who can do more of the same. So when you are talking about, you know, bringing in a guy who's, who's a point guard of, you know, a CP3 uh, 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 or something like that, which I know guys aren't specifically asking for a player of his caliber, but just a guy that's going to be on ball a lot. Like our makeup, like that's not, like that's not our makeup. Mm -hmm. And that's not mm -hmm. what this Pelicans team needs. Not when you have the guys that we have. I, I do think it's a little um overstated and, and I think that um I said something uh a time or two that may have you know a person or two a little bit um confused because I, I just will hammer on the whole you know thing with with Devante and um some people had this misconception that I too would say older Pelicans need a backup point guard. No, I don't need to be told that you know what I mean Devante was brought here for a, a certain type of role for a very specific role mm -hmm. it so it has everything to do with the fact that because of that role when he isn't meeting that expectations of making the shots that he was brought here to make you know what I mean we all can be honest we're grown enough to admit that you really don't get anything else certainly yeah. not thing on the defensive end so anytime that I've brought that up that's where I've gone. And you know what I mean? Because I don't see Devontae Graham as a point guard, it was never me saying, oh, we need to bring in a backup point guard because I don't fucking see Devontae as a point guard. Yeah. So I'm not, you know what I mean? But again, I, I think it has everything to do just with the system. You know what I mean? But I, I certainly just think that you have enough guys on this team that, have a, a, a really good understanding of basketball and are incredibly unselfish. You know what I mean? That, mm -hmm. um, you know, and not only unselfish, but trusting of their teammates, you know what I mean? And believe in them that, that they could, that they would just do the right things, make the, the right pass, make the right read. And mm -hmm. I think fine, bro. For sure. You know, um, I'm gonna be honest, and and I'm probably one of the people who who defers when it comes down to saying we need a point guard. Um, and and I'll agree with a lot of that Flaren has said, and, and everybody has said so far about the the whole point guard situation. I just in a time of basketball where you're seeing more wings excelling at at playing different um different positions on the on the court mm -hmm. um small ball you know um shit some these wings are tall as hell nowadays some of mm -hmm. them they're playing the five but <laughs> um you know i just don't see that traditional need for a point guard in our team right i get everybody's frustration of wanting one but 
I just don't see with the talent, with B.I. playing most of the time, bringing the ball down, with Zion coming back, bringing the ball down. You got C.J. going to be bringing the ball down. You got Herb who could bring the ball down. Shit, the only person who don't really bring the ball down on our current lineup is Jonas. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I just don't see this dire need to grab a point guard. And then I've said this, and I said this in in that group, and, and... when we going when everybody is and and I, and I post this question to the people that's watching. Where are we putting this point guard that y'all want us to go out here and get with fifteen <laughs> roster spots and yeah. shit? Liddell don't even have a, a damn guaranteed roster spot yet, yeah. and I would prefer to keep him than going out there and looking for um some some thirty five year old uh, point guard yep. like Larry or something, yep. you know. So for me. Unless I, I like the talent that we we've gotten, and and uh, Chaz mentioned, um, you know, have we been able to develop talent um, it, with the Pelicans organization? And so that's a, a really interesting question for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I say yeah. The reason why I say yeah, we have because if you look at the Pelicans team. Over the course of and 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 we can go back two seasons past, three seasons past, four. You know, mm-hmm. um, when you look at the team and the dynamics of our team, even though we weren't successful in getting into the playoffs consistently, we had players that were developing in 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 a good manner, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. if they weren't so good, why the hell everybody else was trying to get them? <laughs> you know, you had people poaching uh, Drew. They took. Uh, um, uh, more, you know, um, of course they wanted Anthony Davis, but you know, I, I when we talk about Dyson Daniels to bring it back to the first pick that we had of the night, and 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 Rail mentioned this, um, they've they've been saying that we needed to get a shooter, and he's not uh, a shooting uh, threat for us that we needed. In my opinion, on that is. He's not a bad shooter. Of, of course, those numbers are a little low. Yeah. Um, but I do think with some, look, he has untapped talent, unrefined talent. And when you put that guy on the court with all of the talent that we have, it's only a matter of time working with guys like Fred Vincent and the coaching staff and Willie Green putting him in a position to be successful that shit. Next thing you know, he might be, when we got Lonzo, his shot was so off, he couldn't make a damn three himself. So <laughs> if we're talking about, you know, putting Fred in there with Dyson Daniels, I, I, I have no qualms about him developing a, a nice outside shot at some point. Um, Liddell. Liddell is interesting to me, you know, and I know he wasn't the um, first round pick, but he's real interesting to me because when we're talking about our team and needing shooting and shooting coming off the bench, mm-hmm. I'm hoping he cracks some kind of roster spot. Absolutely. Now, because that's a scoring threat. That's a huge scoring threat. And we need that coming off the bench, um, regardless of who is going to remain on the team or who's going to be shipped out. We still going to need scoring threats coming off the bench because Zion got to sit. 
B.I. got to sit. C.J. got to sit. Yona's got to. Everybody got to sit at some point. Nobody playing 40 minutes of basketball, mm-hmm. 38 minutes of basketball. So um, I'm curious to know what y'all think about these roster spots. Uh, you know, um, because I, oh. I kept asking y'all about this during mm-hmm. the during after the draft. I kept saying, man, we picked we, we picked up. Dyson, we picked up Liddell, we picked up Matskovich, uh, which is going to be stashed overseas for a while. And then we mm-hmm. signed, um, golly, man, somebody named this guy. We signed him to a two-way deal. Um, what it is, Valar? Dorian Seabrine. Okay, right. yeah, 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 right. You got it. And we signed him to a two-way. Now, as far as I know how to do math, last time I checked, we had 14 signed players yeah. and Dyson being the first round pick would make 15. Mm-hmm. Now, unless the league planning on adding some roster spots, you only got two, two way guys. Right. Right. So, yeah. I, so I, I'm you know going to answer you. <laughs> I was going to say, Charles, I know you're about to get into this and I wanted to say something first. No, go um, ahead. You got it. As, as far as show. like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, I, but I feel like you're the expert here. But look, what I was going to say before, before you get into it was uh, as far as finding roster spots for people. People keep trying to retire Garrett Temple. That man want his money. Why would he retire? Because you want him to retire. Right, right. Or have a, a coaching spot. And also, whose coaching spot do you suggest that he take? Because we what? have a coaching spot. So what? like... <laughs> And in all there's one spot open. Okay, but, yeah. but did, did this man ever say that he want to coach? For no, no. So why no. do we keep like why do people keep doing this? Let that man he's not gonna be on the team long term. So relax. You know what I mean? Hold on, what mm-hmm. you about to say before we let Charles uh, dig into this? We did lose a a, a coach, uh Ben Yukto right. uh, mm-hmm. Bino Udra. But it's Udra, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, Bino. Okay, yeah. yeah, we lost one, so there is a spot, however. <laughs> Like you're saying, <laughs> and, and, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and criticize myself right quick because, because I, I, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a shot uh, and, and, and not a, not a, not a direct shot, but it's a shot. I'm one of the people that have suggested uh, possibly opening up a, a spot um, like such as a Garrett Temple's mm-hmm. um, spot or possibly a trade or whatever, yeah. um, because at the end of the day, there's there's people we pick and and to be honest there ain't enough spots so right so a spot got to come from somewhere if we planning on retaining yeah. the guys that we pick right so, for sure Obviously, but I trust somebody, the front office yeah for sure I for trust sure. the front office to do whatever it takes if they see enough in summer league to actually put uh, Liddell on on the the fifteen man roster right now <laughs> who 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 gets eliminated or bought out. <laughs> We don't know. We don't know, now, right? <laughs> um, we have suggestions. Mm-hmm. Of course, we all do as fans. Um, you know, some of y'all want a package deal where Graham and maybe Jax is taken out and we open two roster spots. That's what I'll be yeah. seeing. I see a lot of I see a lot I've of combinations. A whole lot of them right? down the timeline. Um, you know, I've seen a Najee trade or you know, maybe sending out uh Jax with two. I mean, uh, Graham with two players to open up some some availabilities to maybe um, in the in the free agency market. Yeah, bring somebody in through there. The front office is gonna do their thing. 
Right. They really are. I'm so confident in them, especially watching them put the talent on, on the, the, the court where it's people that you didn't even think would fit. fit. Yeah. So I'm going to let mm-hmm. them keep doing them, but I'm going right. to pass this back to Charles and let him go ahead and answer that, yes, that roster because, you know, he didn't ask for on all the I wish. So I, I, wanted, I wanted to circle back to the Dyson Daniels conversation mm-hmm. and the point guard, because I think what, what gets lost a little bit in the Dyson Daniels conversation is he is a legitimate point guard prospect, right? The thing is, though, when you draft a player who is – a high floor player. I think the misconception with high floor is they don't have the, 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 the runway to add to their game. They're pretty much who you get is pretty much who they are. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not what I look at as far as what a high floor player, a high floor player is a guy that while he's developing into the player that he can be, he's able to give me things right now at a high enough level Right. So when I look at Dyson's um, scouting report and I see words like, you know, discipline and awareness and intensity. Mm -hmm. Right. Those are things that translate. So I can put you at the wing position all the while your player development. I'm getting you to operate okay, as a point guard. I want you to incorporate some things from CJ. I want you to incorporate some things from B.I., from Zion, even from Jose. Um, or the guys on the player development staff, right? So mm-hmm. there's a world where our point God is on the roster already. Yeah. And in a couple of years, he will ascend to a different role. So that's kind of what I wanted to touch on with Dyson. Um, as far as these roster spots go, um, look, man, shout out to the Pels for being ready to jump mm-hmm. on Liddell being there. Yeah. Um, I think he... I think he has a very, very translatable skill set. Um, I think some teams got a little spooked by his size and mm-hmm. his defense in the posts. But shout out to the Pels for being ready and saying, boom, we got it. Um, yeah. In terms of how you make it fit, look, there's no easy way to say this because we love our team and we love the roster. And I think David Griffin kind of touched on it at his end of season uh, press conference, look, he shied away from moving some guys because he likes the, you know, the, the formula of the team. He likes mm-hmm. the, the temperature mm-hmm. of the team, but we've all played competitive sports. We all know that sometimes it's you versus me and there's a spot, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. There's going to be an evaluation period. I think the math is not as you know, it's not as an encumbrance, as much of an encumbrance as we might think. If if I'm not mistaken, we can carry 15 and two two ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you'll have you'll have a, a group of guys. Obviously, we got Sebron, who was a he's a legitimate prospect um, on a two way deal. Um, the Pelicans have had a lot of success, so he's good. Um, you've got one more two way, um, and I think. If, if everything goes the way I would expect it to go, the Pelicans will be able to talk to Liddell's camp and be like, look, we give two-way guys on our roster opportunities. For sure. You can look at our roster and see, and not just the guys that we have, but the guys that we've traded. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenrick, 
uh, Williams comes to mind. Uh-huh, you know, okay, uh-huh. okay, he was asking for a first round pick for for our boy Kendrick. <laughs> like, like shout out to the Pels for that, right? So, right, we've we've had conversations about relationships and you know the gravitas that you have as an organization. They can sit down with this young man and be like, "This is not you're not going to get buried. Like, we're gonna." give you opportunity there's attrition throughout the season we're going to call you up you'll be in new orleans you'll be with our guys in birmingham and you'll have opportunities to shine in places where maybe you didn't quite expect um and i think that 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 pretty much solves your roster crunch if if my math is correct because dyson strolls into your your last spot Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. EJ, you know, takes your other two way and you can bring him in to kind of help with the war of attrition that is the season and give him an opportunity as well as Sebron. Um, you know, we know Kyra is going to be out until what, January. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's people out that believe that DG didn't really get a fair opportunity to do what he was asked to do mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm not necessarily in that boat but it's a fair argument and it's probably one that is going to win over the most people in the Pell's front office when you think about everything that's going on so Mm -hmm. give this group an opportunity to see what they can do um and obviously our guy um uh, Makovic is going to be a drafted stash so you know I I don't think there's any urgency I, I got a question for you though um, sure. I know we talked about the two ways, the two two ways, um, and and EJ being being a possible two way. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I know we had Ryan. I uh, mean not Ryan Clark. Lord, I'm about to name the damn football player. Um, Clark. I can't think. Gary of Clark. Gary. Gary Clark. Okay. Um, he was on a two way. I think his is over with. Um, but what about Jared Harper? I thought he was still on a two way. Um, so this is where my understanding of the uh the contracts get can y'all see me without the no get lost there? There you go. you're back okay somebody tried to call me um <laughs> you know I, if i have to have a tough conversation about hey thank you thanks but no thanks um i'd rather have that conversation with you know with jared and and gary as opposed to maybe jackson or even Devonte, um, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like, hey, we got a, a, another thing coming. Thank you for your service. You know, <laughs> see you later. You know what I mean. Um, and and I'm trying to be fair because, and, and I honestly feel like that's a, that's an area of opportunity for us. If I was going to play the transaction game, when I look at DG's salary, I look at his role, I look at, I take a lot of what happened in the Phoenix series to heart mm-hmm. when I'm yeah. trying to build my team right so I'm watching Jackson standing in the corner and and we're being played you know five on four mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm tired of Brandon Ingram and Zion having to deal with that you know what I mean um and then I'm I'm watching Jose and Trey and our rookies really eat into Devontae's minutes in the Phoenix series and I'm saying to myself okay if that's how the top teams are playing us and that's the position that they're putting us into, then that's probably where I would go in terms of upgrading. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So 
that being said, to come back to your question, Rocky, if I had to have a conversation right now, it, it'll be with the two-way guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, you know, Liddell is has so much more runway as a prospect. Um, I think Sebron has a ton of runway as a prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Dyson, we invested the, the eighth pick. So, you know, those guys at the very end of the roster, I think it's it's okay to churn that. That's the nature of the business. Guys don't want to be in a position anyway where they're not going to have opportunity. Mm-hmm. So if don't just keep me here to keep the seat warm, you know, <laughs> let's have a conversation about my opportunity. If, it, if it's not the best, then, you know, let me go so that I can find another, another uh, organization that maybe has an opportunity for me to show what I can do. Yeah, okay. I'll, uh, expand on that as well. I, I just, you know, w- when a guy that has, you know, that kind of skills, you know, talking about Liddell and and that has, you know, such a desire to 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 get better, which is what he went back to Ohio State to do. Um, he got better. Like mm-hmm. that, that isn't a guy that, that should fall to 41, but mm-hmm. like, it, like, not, you know, scared about by, by his size, maybe, you know, at, at being a guy that's, you know, only, only six, seven, then you, then you take the, the age thing in, into uh perspective and, you know, you know, GMs and teams kind of feel like, well, that guy is who he is, right? And and that's right. kind of and that's kind of the frustrating thing though when you think about it, I guess for me, because this whole word potential upside is it 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 just runs so synonymous with age. As long as you are 18, 19, maybe going on 20 ahead of the draft or coming into the draft, no matter how, you know, good you were, maybe in your one and done year, it like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, you're still going to be viewed as a guy that has some upside. Mm-hmm. We just saw um, Denver. I, I think Denver out of any team may maybe one of the most reach picks last night. I mean, you know, some days ago. And I don't even mean just Kristen Braun, who, you know, did, who, who for a while there did have like a first round grade but more so like late late first round and certainly not at 21 where they where they picked him but I'm talking about Peyton Watson out of UCLA who averaged three and three right and that's like that has to be like the lowest scoring mark of guy in like this common draft era to get drafted, 
right? And this, you know what I mean? You could look at certain things and, and, and somebody will take from his film and say, well, oh, I saw flashes of this. I saw flashes of that. But but make no fucking mistake. Like, to only average three and three, that, like, that, like, come on, man. Like, we don't have to pretend like that's good by any <laughs> imagination, right? Right. But because of his age, because of his youth, it's, oh, well, he have all this upside. He has all this potential versus like Denver was in an excellent position to get Liddell at 30 themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like Liddell was a guy that was for a while there um, projected to go as high as 18 to Chicago. Even if teams in that range felt like, well, maybe that was too high which it shouldn't have been because Ochai Abaji, who was also a four-year upperclassman coming out of Kansas, went 14 to Cleveland. Yeah. I made an excellent decision. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's just some guys that you don't pass on just out of like this whole risk of like, oh, age, age um, is going to limit how how much better this guy is going to get or he's a done product or he's a finished product. If you believe in your coach, your coaching staff, your system, your organization, then you should believe enough in a guy that you really like, you know what I mean? To, to, to really, um, you know, de- de- develop him in a way that you think is going to be a, a, a really good prospect for your organization. But when we talk about a team like Denver, and, and I don't want to go on and on about them, but just when, again, all of it kind of comes back full circle, um, you know, to Liddell, like y'all have a two-time MVP in Jokic. You know what I mean? Why mm-hmm. not a guy that's ready now with some really translatable skills and you can either hone in on what that guy does really well and put him in a position to be great at those things or because you have a really good coaching staff that's done that's also done a really good job of developing guys like y'all should have been comfortable but luckily enough like a lot of teams you know from 31 to 40 passed Mm -hmm. on whatever reason and I I don't think that the Pelicans I when I say y'all with my whole heart I don't believe that the Pelicans picked him um without a a, a kind of clear vision of him being a part of what they've wanted to do right we've seen in back the years them take two undrafted guys and those guys get um, a better opportunity and the Pelicans have liked what they've seen and given those guys contracts. And I'm specifically right. talking about Najee Wright and then Jose this final year and then Herb kind of right out the gate, you know, showed what he was capable of um, in summer league and much to his benefit, like we had available roster spots to give him one right then and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? But I... Like I said, you know, and, and, and Charles brought it up and then I'm a passing. Um, you know, when I think back on Griffin Presser and things that he said, like 
we we all understand that he likes this group and we like this group, right? Like we like a lot of these guys as individuals, right? Like has probably been the most Pelicans team that that you can genuinely say that I think we all agree that we like a lot of these guys, one through 11, one through 12, one through 13, one through 14, right? But he also reminded us that, hey, this is a 36-win team. Absolutely. When your president says that, that means that he's keeping things into perspective, saying like, yo, I like these guys and I like what me and my team has been able to do. But it's a direct way of saying, listen, anytime there's an opportunity for us to get better, we'll be foolish to not even just have those conversations. Mm-hmm. So if if I, I I feel confident in saying that when summer league comes around and they love what they see from EJ Liddell, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what one guy gets the cut or what direction they go in or what transaction they make, but I really do believe that. Either, either by the deadline or closing at the end of the season, like he's going to have an opportunity and he's going to be just the next guy, um, you know, to, uh, you know, along with the, the Naji, the, the Jose and the Herb to, to benefit from showcasing a skill set um, and, and just being the kind of player that the Pelicans covered and and, and he's going to be on his roster with a nice um, three or four year uh, minimum deal and, and really be a part of, 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 I think, what this team is, is trying to do. I'm excited. I, I don't even, I feel like, um, I think I said earlier, the, the Summer League Pelicans are going to go undefeated again. yeah last time we didn't get the chance to you know compete for the championship or whatever have you but um the the future you know the future was already bright before the draft um you know it's it's only getting brighter i think we've seen uh we've already seen the darkest days we could see (laughs) all of that (laughs) that's behind us now uh we definitely moving in the in the right direction so um yeah you know whatever whatever moves they make I, i feel like people should also keep in mind a lot of times when we're trading and, you know, it's going to be something to help the team. We're going to end up losing somebody that we don't want to see go. And we saw that happen with Josh and Nikhil. You know, oh, it's like we know. Keep stabbing me like, in my heart, bringing it up. <laughs> like uh, a necessary evil or something, right? Like we know, like we couldn't get CJ and get to where we got to without making that move. Mm-hmm. And right. that's not even a shot at Josh or Nikhil because they're like beloved guys within, mm-hmm. the, within the organization, right? So and within the fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's, that's just something to, to keep in mind. People want to send out this person, that person, whatever. You're never going to get some GM out there to, to agree to these mock trades that people got going on. That's, uh, um, Temp- Temple, Devante, Jackson, a pick. It's just not going to happen in real life. But anyhow, uh, we go ahead and get ready to close this out. Rocky, I know you got to announce the big winner for the, uh, for the autograph BI. Overgraph. So uh let's get into it. Okay, that. uh yeah, let me get to that. I'm sorry, I gotta pull him up. Uh, 
But um, yeah, man, I'm 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 thrilled to see what what happens this season, but also what happens in in these few games that we got in summer league. But um, I'm looking yeah. forward to summer league. I'll tell you what, uh, summer league absolutely. Gonna be- some of these going to be very, very entertaining for anybody in a Pelicans jersey yeah. and a Pelicans fan base because we coming and man, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see what we put out there on the court. I'm anxious yeah. to see who's going to be actually coaching some of the And I'm anxious to see who, who cracks that, um, that, that, that roster, you yeah. know, from, from what they show us at some of the and with that being said, we had one guy with the eight pick who picked the correct pick. And his uh, screen name on Twitter is Willie Greenstand slash Enforcer. <laughs> I I'm going to yeah. say that one more time. Willie Greenstand slash Enforcer. And it's at SGMan31. SG-Man. You are the winner of the Brandon Ingram signed autograph photo. And uh, just hop up in um, the DM of the Rocky and Rail podcast on Twitter. Send us your information, and we'll get that out to you um, expeditiously. So the faster you send, the faster I can send it to you. (laughs) Shout out to you for picking the correct pick. Um, We look forward to seeing Dyson Daniels in the Pelicans jersey. We look forward to EJ Liddell being in the Pelicans jersey. Uh, Sebron in the Pelicans jersey. Mm -hmm. And at some point, Carlo coming from overseas. And look, like Rel said, the future is bright. The team is trending forward in a direction that us as Pelicans fans are excited about. Man, think of the last time that you was this excited to see the Pelicans get back on the court and we know in near October. For sure. And, you know, the, the the enthusiasm with the fan base right now is is crucially important the only upside well downside to it is they decided to renew that contract with Bally sports but we're gonna hang <laughs> in with Bally sports because we have some connections with the Bally sports personnel so um Bally sports if you're listening make sure you bring if you're coming back bring back everybody we familiar with at least a little bit of familiarity with y'all Please. and you know this little five-year relationship we have we can try to you know not be trying to get a divorce <laughs> um, but look, y'all, I'm excited. I want to thank Charles and Falaren for showing up with us every week. Um, you know, doing this draft series, man, uh, hella, hella, uh, amazing, um, analysis on every draft pick. Um, y'all did your homework. We appreciate it. Uh, me and Rail, cause like we said, we, 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 we don't know shit about the motherfuckers. And, and I learned and still, a lot. I learned look, a lot. <laughs> look, we, we did. We did. Um, and still don't know what the, the 58 people that got drafted. All we know is the, the damn motherfuckers that made our roster. Exactly. And that's all I'm concerned about. That's all we, right. That's all we care about, man. Um, as a Pelicans fan, you got to be excited for what's coming. Um, regardless of whatever move that's coming with this front office, they're going to put us in a position to continue to be successful. And I'm looking forward to October fucking 22nd or whatever the hell that first um, home game is. Yeah, whenever. Whatever. I'm ready. Shit, if I, I'm ready to skip my own 40th fucking birthday and get to October. So, <laughs> look, y'all be blessed. Um, you know, I love y'all like fat kids love cake. Um, there's no <laughs> shout out to the fat kids. I love cake too. And I'm fuck, I'm, I'm damn there with y'all. 
Um, but y'all be blessed, man. And, and you know, Rail going to close us out. Charles, like I said, we appreciate you. Falera, we appreciate you, you know, showing up. And, and the Pelicans fan base appreciate y'all, you know, um, bringing that, that level of expertise on, on these college players who have finally made it to their dream of being NBA players. And shout out to everybody who was drafted. I hope y'all make a roster spot wherever you at. And I hope we run over your ass on the court. Um, <laughs> until next time, y'all be good. And let's go panels. Go ahead, Ralph. Yeah, this, this wraps the series, man. We're, we're done talking about, you know, draft prospects and the draft itself. Now we're just looking at what we're doing moving forward. So I appreciate everybody who's tuned in for, uh, you know, the three episodes before this and this one and everything else we got coming out in the future. Um, and like Rocky said, uh, until next time, go Pels. Thank you all. Appreciate it.